Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Friday, January 27th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Nate Rapensky, who will be with us on uh, every other Friday, uh, basically, moving forward. Uh, every two weeks on Fridays, we'll have Jimmy Murphy as well uh, joining us later on in the show. So it's a packed house here on this Friday edition of the Ice Guys, which is, and it's a good thing that we've got a packed card more than usual on a Friday. Usually we only have two, three, four games on a Friday. Not the case today. We got eight games on this uh, NHL slate. So looking forward to breaking uh, those down. Uh, first of all, Nate, uh, we haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Uh, how are things with you? Yeah. Hey guys. Uh, good to see everybody again. Um, happy to be back. Um, things are good, man. Um, got to take some vacation around the holidays back in, uh, in New York here. Unfortunately, had to uh, watch my Vikings uh, get exposed as frauds against the the Giants and the Wild are sputtering as well. But um, we'll, hopefully, we'll we'll get some optimism here. They'll make a, a comeback. But otherwise, things are good. How are you guys? Hate to I hate to be cruel to you, Nate, but Minnesota sports sucking. You don't say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see Alex is the Hawks on. I, I would I would make a comment, but they had a big win last night. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, it, it, probably the win you didn't want, right? You want to lose for Bedard, and and now you're winning. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Just every every night we seem like, oh well, okay, all right, we'll take our loss and and you know get closer to the uh, the bottom of the, of the barrel, and then here we go with a big win against a, a Calgary team, uh, and it's just it's just odd. I keep keep finding ways to win, and when they really shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, exactly. And that's 2-0, and by the way, as a starting goaltender for Jackson Stauber, uh, the yep. son of Rob Stauber, journeyman goalie. Actually, it's funny. Kelly Rudy worked the, works the Flames broadcasts during the week. He's the color analyst for their TV games. And he was talking about how Rob Stauber was actually a teammate of his in L.A. for a mm-hmm. little bit a long time ago. So he remembers his dad very well. And that apparently he was talking with Jackson. Uh, before in the morning before the game yesterday, and they were talking about uh, old Popsy Stauber. Uh, Jackson and Kelly Rudy, so uh, definitely uh, some and, connections there. And if you if you watch Jackson, he is a much more stable <laughs> positioned goalie than uh, than old Rob. If you see some clips of Rob Stauber, he he likes to come out of the net a little bit, just a little times bit. Yeah. The, times have changed. The <laughs> yeah. equipment's a little different. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. Out, but that was definitely a different arrow, especially when it comes to goaltenders. But yeah. yeah, that's where we'll start in terms of looking back on last night. The two minus 400 favorites both go down to defeat. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche losing to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and of course, as we just talked about, Calgary Flames losing to the Chicago Blackhawks last night. Uh, and if you look at it, you know, the Anaheim and uh, Chicago, they both played pretty well you know, and deserve the two points. I mean, even in the Anaheim, Colorado game as well, you know, Colorado did outshoot Anaheim, but still, you know, it was a good effort from Gibson uh, and, you know, Anaheim capitalized on their chances, even though Colorado had the shots advantage. I don't think that was their best game. Uh, and you clearly, you could tell, I mean, they were just uh, a little bit out of position at times in their own zone. And a lot of those Anaheim goals, that's definitely something I noticed. And the Ducks take advantage of that 5-3 win. And certainly when it comes to Chicago-Calgary, uh, Chicago was the better team. And even in that game where an 18-6 shots on goal in the third period for Calgary, but it didn't seem like many of those were dangerous. 
you know, to be quite honest with you. And then in the first two periods, it was uh, Chicago uh, carrying the play. Another rough night for Markstrom, although I can't fault Markstrom fully. If you watch that game, there were terrible defensive coverages from the Flames throughout uh, against that Chicago Blackhawks team. So very frustrating to have the full game over as the best bet, and it pushes. And if you would have told me Chicago scores five goals last night, uh, and I can't even win that over bet, uh, I would have been shocked by that. Uh, and sure enough, uh, that's the way it goes with the only one goal for Calgary and a listless home effort. Uh, we'll see if they can bounce back. It's not going to be easy now as they go on the road to face the uh, Seattle Kraken. Of course, we will tee up that game uh, in a little bit. As far as the uh, other games we saw last night, uh, it was uh, Tampa Bay beating Boston 3-2. Credit to the Lightning. Played well. That was a great hockey game. Intensity, playoff feel to it, nastiness. Very good, competitive, evenly played game the only difference was a couple of uh defensive lapses from boston particularly on the go-ahead goal you could tell the winning goal by headman they didn't account for him jumping into the play uh brandon carlo falls down and trips his own goaltender Allmark uh, in the process it was just a, a mess of a sequence for boston in their own end and it leads to headman getting the uh go-ahead and eventual game-winning goal uh, to help uh, Tampa Bay beat Boston uh, three to two uh, last night. So excellent hockey game, though. You love to uh, see. Apparently, by the way, to, that we, we know about the incident that happened weeks ago uh, when those te two, two teams played. Jack Edwards had some comments about Pat Maroon, uh, and obviously that ended up being uh, something that was very much publicized, talking about you know his weight and all that stuff. Uh, but apparently, he sought out sought out uh, Pat Maroon yesterday before the game in Tampa to apologize publicly. So we do have to give Jack uh, credit for doing that, that he went, you know, into the, he actually made a point of it, go, went to the lightning dressing room, Boston globe, a lot of different news uh, outlets reported that this happened. So uh, you do have to give him credit for that. You know, he went to Pat and wanted to apologize and make amends for that. We all have our issues with Jack Edwards. He's loopy. He's a little uh, insane at times, more than a little, uh, but the fact that he was doing that uh, and uh, going to uh, Pat Maroon and looking to apologize publicly in person, we'll give him some credit for that, no doubt. Uh, the other games last night, uh, we saw Detroit in overtime beat Montreal 4-3. Uh, solid. I would have preferred them winning in regulation, but they do get the uh, win 4-3 against the Canadians. 3-2 Washington getting a shootout victory over the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, much needed for Washington as they had lost a few in a row. The Buffalo Sabres keep on winning on the road against above-average teams. We've talked about this, this theory for several games now, and it just keeps coming to fruition. Another solid road win against a good team for the Sabres, really outplaying the Jets from start to finish, and they win 3-2 last night uh, over Winnipeg. Uh, Nashville, 6-4 over New Jersey. That game was flirting with the draw throughout, but uh, unfortunately, uh, Nashville takes a two-goal lead. Jersey makes it 5-4. I think they have a chance to tie it, but then Nashville uh, puts it away into the empty net for a 6-4 uh, win there. Uh, and then we saw Minnesota escape uh, a, a valiant effort from the Flyers last night, 3-2 overtime win there. And Arizona blanking the, I think at this point, the, the hapless St. Louis Blues. I mean, what a dreadful performance that was last night uh, for St. Louis, getting blanked 5 nothing by the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, as that St. Louis team, I'm telling you what, I think they're closer to selling at the deadline than buying. This looks like we're getting close to let's blow it up and let's start from scratch when it comes to the St. Louis Blues. I think the more this team you watch this team, the more you see this team's not any sort of viable Stanley Cup contender. Hell, they'll be damn lucky to make the playoffs 
uh, at this point. So they might be looking in the direction of, hey, let's uh, let's make some changes. Let's jettison some of the veterans out. Could Tarasenko be dealt? Certainly O'Reilly's been uh, rumored to be traded before the deadline. I think that's where we're at right now with St. Louis. I think this is going to be a team that's certainly closing in on being sellers rather than buyers at the trade deadline. Alex, uh, thoughts from you on the uh, action from last night? Yeah, I mean, we start with with that. Like you said, the Blues, I mean, this is a team that, like I said, at the beginning of the year, I didn't like uh, the way that they were made up. I thought there were other you know teams better in the Central, and I thought they would find themselves on the outside, and that's where they are right now. And You know, getting a little bit older, a little bit slower, just, uh, you know, like I said, don't have the consistency at net, don't have the consistency uh, offensively, and, and they've had injury issues. So all that combined, he said, it looks like they find themselves on the outside and then maybe they'll make some moves and uh, those guys will be going elsewhere to help out some other clubs. But uh, he said, you know, mentioned some of these big dogs, Anaheim, Chicago, uh, Buffalo, Arizona, even Nashville. I mean, it's funny. I mentioned Nashville. Even though I like that draw, but I mentioned I like Nashville. If I had to take a side in that game because we just thought kind of New Jersey, just a little bit up and down, especially when Mackenzie Blackwood was confirmed too. Uh, I really should have sprinkled some money on, on uh, Nashville at that plus price. But like I said, was looking toward – getting that draw hoping to cash that as the best bet winner but uh nashville were too late and then we ended up missing that one but uh just a, a lot of interesting games like i said boston that was another another tough loss for me as well uh really like that spot but like i said a good playoff type atmosphere and when those two teams play it's always usually some pretty good hockey and that was the 11th straight win on home ice uh, for the tampa bay lightning so uh clearly playing well there at amelie uh, arena uh, nate some thoughts from you on the uh, thursday night action yeah, I mean, a, a lot of similar thoughts, right? I think Tampa-Boston, you guys called it out. Great playoff-type game, low-scoring affair. I mean, I think it's, you know, Tampa definitely exudes some confidence in the team. 11 wins at home, but beating a Boston team that's that's been tough this year, you know, in regulation is, is, a, is a huge achievement. And so I think it reminds all of us Tampa's uh, a perennial contender, right? Um, you know, Minnesota squeaks out a win last night. That was uh, that was big for us. And Minnesota's really been struggling five on five, generating chances, just hasn't been there this year. And that was one of their strengths last year. So um, yeah, glad to see them get a win. But yeah, I mean, I think the story is, you know, those uh, some of the, the the misfit, you know, toys, I guess, the teams who are sort of uh, um, tanking for Bedard, you know, Chicago, Anaheim, Arizona. That's the story of the night for me last night. But I mean, it reminds us anyone can win on any night in this league, particularly in a certain spot. And I agree on St. Louis. Um, I think they're, you know, their quality guys are aging. They just don't seem to really have the offense. And and, and Bennington and, and that group, from a goaltending perspective, has just been a, a circus, honestly, um, most of the year. So um, I think St. Louis, to your point, Ian, is, you know, probably not even looked at it as a contender at all at this point. And, and they're just kind of a middle-of-the-road franchise where you probably do think about selling. There's some good young pieces there, and you probably want to build around them. Uh, the Robert Thomases, the Kairos, right? But you probably want to maybe dish some of those older guys and, and, and reset. Yeah, uh, saw they, Thomas get hurt last night, too. Yep. There you go. I mean, it's already bad enough. And he's been one of the guys you've had to rely on. I mean, Thomas and Kairou have been carrying the team up front for the uh, St. Louis Blues. And now Thomas is out. And there's no telling whether this is going to be a short-term or long-term injury for him. So uh, definitely uh, not good news for the uh, St. Louis Blues and uh, only making matters worse if he's out for a long period of time. All right, let's get to the Friday card. We've got eight games and we will begin with the Detroit Red Wings and the New York Islanders. Uh, Islanders minus 175 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it. This is definitely a scheduling advantage and a spot advantage for the uh, New York Islanders. They're rested. 
Detroit's coming in here on a back-to-back on the road after an overtime game as well uh, last night against Montreal. Certainly, you've got to give the Islanders the advantage in terms of the situationals, but I'm still willing to take my chance going against this team in this kind of price range. This is not a team uh, that I want any part of as a minus-175 favorite. They can't put a puck in the ocean right now. Five straight games for the Islanders with two goals or less. Uh, during this six-game losing streak. I mean, we've got a team that's 0-6 in their last six games, six-game losing streak, and that lay in minus 175. Not for me. Uh, Detroit, you know, they're actually not terrible this year on the second night of a back-to-back, obviously coming off the 4-3 win last night uh, against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they will turn to Magnus Helberg uh, in net uh, tonight against the uh, Islanders, or at least we expect that it's going to be him here on the second night of back-to-back games after it was Billy Huso uh, in goal against Montreal last night. Uh, Ilya Sorokin has been confirmed in goal for the uh, Islanders. And to be honest with you, if you look at Sorokin here, uh, he is on a a bit of a skid himself. He's 0-4 in his last four starts, and he's given up four, three, four, and five goals uh, in those four starts. So there's still some people thinking that he's going to win the Vesna. I don't know what they're thinking. First of all, the Islanders are maybe not even going to be a playoff team. Team success does have to have some, you know, uh, impact on the uh, goaltender's ability to win the Vesna trophy. And second of all, his form has fallen off a little bit in the last few starts, Ilya Sorokin. So yeah, obviously it's a scheduling disadvantage for Detroit, but uh, I'm still willing to bet this team at plus 155 tonight. Uh, I am on the Red Wings. I am fading the Islanders. I've done this now several games in a row. I was on Ottawa Wednesday night against the Islanders. Ottawa got the job done. I took Carolina in regulation against the uh, Islanders on Saturday night. Yeah, I have no problem fading this team. It has uh, uh, been profitable for me. It's put money in my pocket going against this Islanders team repeatedly. And win or lose, if, if it loses, hey, tip my cap and say, well done, Islanders. You broke your losing streak. But I have no qualms or hesitation whatsoever about taking a shot against an Islanders team that I don't think has any business being a minus 175 favorite uh, right now. So I'm on Detroit plus 155. Alex, what do you think here? Red Wings, Islanders. Yeah, from a price standpoint, it, it makes sense. You can only look at, at Detroit. Uh, like I said, Islanders have no business laying this kind of a price against anyone right now. But I've taken shots with Detroit this year in this plus price role, and, and they you know, laid some eggs for me. So where I just want to pass this one. This is one of the two teams that I just want to wait until after the break. And, and that's something you'll see now You know, from here until Wednesday. You're going to you know, a couple teams, maybe no more than six or seven, where I'll say, hey, this is a team I don't even want to touch until after the break. Once they settle in and and figure out what moves they're going to make, and, and uh, you know these are two teams that, like I said, Islanders I haven't had a good read with all year anyway, but uh, definitely wouldn't be laying a price with them even at home. So it's a pass. Yeah, right now they've got uh, Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. Pretty much, they're two guys that are the only guys capable of scoring right now uh, for the uh, New York Islanders. Everybody else is in a funk. Barzell's not playing great. Beauvillier's done nothing. Uh, lately for the uh, Islanders. I mean, it's just, and you go on and on. J.G. Pajot was actually a big, bur- he gave them a thrust of offense when they first got him from Ottawa a couple of years ago. That's completely disappeared. And they just don't have any punch offensively from their bottom six forwards, you know, and that is an issue. And if you're not going to get that depth scoring and most of your big guns outside of Anders Lee and Brock Nelson aren't scoring for you, that's how you get a team that has scored two goals. And the power play, don't even get me started with that. That power play is terrible. They can barely get set up in the offensive zone, let alone a fucking shot on net, let alone a great chance. I mean, right now it's an Islanders power play that is clearly uh, not getting the job done, and I don't like anything about their power play. Uh, the, the, the Starting the rush up the ice isn't is too slow. 
Uh, I find there's way too much indecision, way too much passing, not enough simplification. When your power play stinks, you've got to simplify it. you got to shoot the puck from anywhere, look for some traffic, look for some rebounds, uh, and they are just uh, totally uh, not uh, getting the job done offensively. And like I said, the power play has been a big part of it too. Even strength, power play, uh, all things offense right now for the Islanders are failing uh, miserably. Uh, what do you think here, Nate? Detroit, New York Islanders. Yeah, I might take a little bit of an alternative take, and it's one of those where um, I, you know the Islanders have, have been abysmal, right? They, they can't produce any offense. Sorokin been a bit lackluster lately, but I think Detroit coming off a of back-to-back, you look at Detroit, I mean, they're bottom of the league in five-on-five scoring chances created. If Sorokin has a good game, if the Islanders, I mean, they have one of the top penalty kills in the league, I think you have a chance here for a team who's lost six in a row to sort of get off the schneid. Um, I, I don't love the price at all. Uh, and so I'm going to look to the Islanders plus 35 uh, three-way in the first period. Um, I think, you know, they get a goal at home. Detroit's traveling. Detroit's one of the worst first period teams in the league. I think that's a decent price for a team that's lost six in a row and needs a win badly. And then I also think, you know, you maybe look to Islanders in regulation uh, minus 115 if you're going to take it, right? You, you try to get that price. So for me, you know, not encouraging results in the past, but, you know, Detroit's certainly not a stalwart. They're coming off a of back-to-back. They're not a great team. Uh, I'm going to take the Islanders to kind of right the ship, particularly the veterans they have in that locker room. It's not a type of team, you know, with the pride they have that's going to make this 8, 10, 12, 14 straight. I think they, they, get, off the, uh, they get off the schneid tonight. So I'm going to go Islanders first period on this one and, and probably lay the um, minus 115 in regulation. All right, there we go. But yeah, I think it sounds like you like the first period, though, a bit more, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, so that's Islanders minus a half, plus 135 or so uh, in the uh, first period. It can even get plus 140 in some spots with the uh, Islanders first period puck line. But Nate also likes in regulation here with the uh, Islanders to uh, get off the schneid. Uh, and get back in the uh, win column. Islanders in regulation, minus 115. All right, Battle of Ontario. Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto minus 200 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, Toronto is playing some really good hockey. Uh, they've had, obviously, a big overtime win, a TNT game on Wednesday night, which was another very good hockey game. Rangers and Leafs the other night it was very even. Uh, either team could have won. It was back and forth. It was a brilliant goal in overtime from Mitch Marner where he just comes to an absolute stop, you know, dead stop. And then all of a sudden he turns on the uh, Jets and beats both Artemi Panarin and Keandre Miller uh, to the net and stiffs and stuffs it home past Shesterkin uh, for the overtime winner the other night. It was a great goal uh, by Marner. Uh, the big news, of course, for Toronto is Austin Matthews uh, being out now for three weeks minimum. And miss, we'll miss the All-Star game as well because he was the first Leaf representative to be in the All-Star game. So he won't suit up in that. Uh, that's disappointing for him, but more disappointing for the Leafs. They'll be without number 34 for the next uh, three weeks. You know, uh, Ottawa might be live here, but they have just been way too inconsistent. When they've won a game previously, they haven't exactly followed it up with a great game. And if you actually look at recently when these two teams have matched up head-to-head, Toronto has dominated here in Toronto at, at Scotiabank Arena, 6-0. and here against Ottawa, hosting the Senators the last six games in Toronto between these two teams. And to be honest with you, the Leafs are playing great hockey at home, period. They have a 19-7 and home record uh, this year, the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is kind of a departure from years past where, you know, oftentimes they've actually played better on the road. They've been more relaxed, more comfortable. You get away from the, you know, the crazy circus and the media circus that is Toronto. But this year they've thrived. 
playing at home here in this game. I don't know. When you look at Ottawa, they beat Pittsburgh at home in overtime. Pittsburgh struggling at the time. They beat an Islanders team that's reeling. They played beat Arizona, which isn't saying much. They beat Columbus, which isn't saying much. There's not a whole lot of recent wins for Ottawa against quality foes. Uh, you know, and I actually, you know, the funny thing is, I was more interested in maybe taking Ottawa if Austin Matthews is playing. With him out, I always worry about the, the whole team rallies around it for one game. Everyone picks up their bootstraps, does a little bit more. And to be honest with you, the Leafs are playing pretty good hockey. They've dominated Ottawa in this building. So for that reason, the lean that I have for Ottawa plus 170, it's probably going to stay that. Just a lean. For now, I'm passing on this one, Senators and Leafs. Alex, what do you think here? Ottawa, Toronto. Yeah, I was looking at Ottawa, you know, initially just looking at the big price. Like I said, with, with you know, uh, this is a rivalry game. And, you know, in recent years, Ottawa, despite struggling, had played Toronto tough. That hasn't been the case lately. They've lost the last six meetings uh, in Toronto. Like I said, the Leafs have played well at home. And now with Matthews out, you know, this is a team that they're not going to, you know, sulk and cry about him being out of the line, at least not right away. They're going to step up. It's going to be the next man up mentality for sure. Uh, even if, if it is heading into the all-star break, you know, you obviously you worry about, okay, if our star goes down, we don't want to get anybody else hurt uh, in the next couple of games before uh, having some days off. But I think this is going to still be a, a effort where Toronto uh, plays well, and there should be good back and forth action. I kind of lean with the first period and full game overs. Uh, first period over, it's 10 and four, the last 14 meetings between these two teams. Uh, we've seen Ottawa going to eight and one run the last nine of the first period over, but laying a dollar fifty-five, dollar sixty is a bit high. So I'd wait and grab it in game, try to grab it somewhere anything cheaper than a dollar twenty-five. I'll probably jump in and grab a first period over here, but that's the only thing I'm looking at. I don't like anything sideways, and even six and a half is a little high on that full game total. So wait, knock that down to a five and a half, and jump in on that as well. All right, there we go. Good stuff indeed. And look who's here. Jimmy Murphy is with us, our Friday uh, guest. Jimmy, hey, Jimmy. Uh, how are you doing? What's up, guys? How are you? Good, 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 good timing. Uh, first of all, actually, before we get your thoughts on this one, Ottawa, Toronto, um, I love that. I didn't love it for me because I bet Boston, and I'm sure Bruin fans didn't love it, losing 3-2, but I loved that hockey game last night, Bruins and Lightning, in terms of that was a great hockey game. It was ultra competitive. It was back and forth. It was pretty evenly matched. It had some physicality, some intensity, mm -hmm. some nastiness. It had, uh, it had a little bit of everything, and uh, that was a great hockey game last night, even though the Bruins ended up on the short end of it. Hey, either way, it's good for me, right? Gets clicks either way. So, <laughs> yeah. but no, it was great. It was a great game. Had a playoff feel for sure. I mean, I had a good feeling that Tampa, based on the previous two, you know, against the Bruins, they had already lost to the Bruins twice. They were really going to want this game, treat it like a playoff game, and that's what they did. And Vasilevsky was just amazing in net yeah. for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, the this I just wrote about this for Boston Hockey Now, guys, and I mean. I don't know how we could apply it. We could apply it, I guess, to an embedding standpoint as well. Is if you see the Bruins going up against a team that's got a big physical mobile defense, like the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Seattle Kraken, uh, that might be the time to go against them. Uh, they yep. have struggled. This is a pattern. And if you look in the past, too, I know there's different faces, different players. And I'm not taking anything away from what this Bruins team right now is doing the story the history they're making on, on almost on a nightly basis it is amazing what they're doing and I, I i don't think it's i don't think this is oh my god the end is near the sky is falling but it's something to keep an eye on and and also you know we'll see what sweeney does at the uh trade deadline to address it but they really struggle with these teams and you go back to the through the years 
when they lost to the Lightning in the playoffs a couple times, same thing, and they lost to the Islanders. They just can't get to the net, and they get pushed out to the perimeter against these teams. So this is kind of what I said in the story, is a big mobile physical defense is the Bruins' kryptonite, and that's something to look at going forward. Yeah, and they played like it uh, last night, a lot more physical, and uh, I think they were looking to ramp it up because they didn't like the way they thought they were just way too soft at that end of the ice when they lost those games to Edmonton mm-hmm. and Calgary, Tampa Bay, on the end of that road trip that they had. Uh, they made up for that last night uh, for sure. Uh, Jimmy, Ottawa, Toronto, uh, anything you like here? Yes, yeah, I mean, all signs point to uh, Toronto here, but – Look, I mean, I, I thought – I know it's the Islanders and they're struggling and I get that they're in a tailspin right now and everyone's kind of going open season on them. But still, I thought that was a pretty gutsy win uh, by the Ottawa Senators against the New York Islanders the other night. And that's why if I'm going to do anything here, I'm not going to go near uh, – if I was going to go side with the side, I would lean Toronto and a puck line maybe. But at the same time, I think the Islanders can keep it close – and I think they can keep it a little low, more low scoring than maybe some would expect. Usually we look at these two teams and, then you know, you think it's going to soar through the over. But I would lean a little towards the under here. Uh, I think both teams right now need to show themselves that they can grind and play some playoff hockey. Uh, and I think that's the type of hockey we'll get tonight. Yeah, and Anton Forsberg is going to get the start, by the way, for the Ottawa Senators. And he's been better than Talbot lately mm-hmm. Talbot's had some issues Talbot has really really been fighting the puck lately so they go with him Matt Murray is in net for Toronto and this was a tough call for Sheldon Keith because if I think all along the plan was Matt Murray to get this game you know against his former team but yet Samsonov after the win against the Rangers do you know that that win now makes him 15-0-1 at home this year I can't believe it 15-0-1 is a home starting goaltender for Samsonov this year after that win against the Rangers, he's been lights out at home, but, and they, I'm sure he was tempted because he's been, he's been the hot hand as the goaltender lately. Come right back to Samson off tonight on home ice where he's been unbeatable, but they yep. said, you know what? We got to get Murray in there. He's been sitting long enough. He's facing his former team. He should be fully motivated to play well, not just because he's a former team, but he sees what Samsonov's doing. If he wants more starts, he's got to step up and deliver yeah. and play well tonight. So I think you're actually going to see a good game out of Matt Murray. Just a hunch. His struggles, he did have some struggles in his last few starts, but just a hunch he's going to play well tonight for the Leafs. So that's exactly you, why I think I lean under as well. With the yeah, goal. you look at Murray. I mean, that's a great point by you. If he wants to ha- have this uh, kind of resume into more of a rotation uh, setup with the goaltending, he's going to have to stand up now or never and, and prove yeah. that he can be part of a rotation like that and not just be a backup. Um, Samsonov's been unreal, you know, and what, what a pickup. I don't look, I, I knock Kyle Dubas as much as the rest of us, but (laughs) no, you don't say (laughs) great pickup by him to get Samsonov. I think a lot of people kind of laughed it off when it happened. It's been a wonderful pickup for them. Yeah. Well, I know Lee fans have been calling him Kyle Doofus, you know, uh, (laughs) over the years for a bunch of different things, but, uh, look, it was the ultimate roll of the dice, right? I mean, you let Campbell walk. Uh, and you bring in Murray and Samsonov, both guys that had brutal seasons last year, have been injury-riddled, and certainly in Samsonov's case, the early returns are very strong, no doubt about it. Uh, Nate, what do you think here, Sens Leafs? Yeah, I don't have a great feel for this one. I, I think Toronto's playing so well, but you guys have, have talked about Ottawa and, and, and sort of where they've been at too in terms of being competitive. I can't take you know 200 on the money line, minus 200, so not going to look there, probably not puck line. 
I don't have a great feel for this one, so I'm probably going to pass. I did see Rich H, I think, in the chat is his name, posted Brady Kachuk plus 180 on, on anytime goal. I think it's interesting. Brady Kachuk, you look at five-on-five five chances, he's top 10 in terms of uh, expected goals. Four, he's at 17. I think his expected goals is trending more towards 28, 29. So you see some, um, I guess, anomalies in shooting percentage there. He's been generating chances. He's been around the net. I think there's some some um, you know potential look there. And then I think the Murray narrative is interesting, right? Uh, certainly motivated to get back in the rotation, playing against Ottawa where he was, uh, potential for under there. That's maybe a lean. But if I'd take anything, I think Brady Kajuk, you know, pretty premier offensive player um, at plus 180 anytime goal is, is decent price for me. Yeah, I'd even go a step further. Claude Giroux has actually always played pretty well against Toronto. Uh, Claude Giroux to score a goal might be a, a really good look. You can actually get in some places plus 300 on him to score a goal tonight. So uh, Claude Giroux for Ottawa. And if you're going to go with the Leafs, Callie Yarncroke, I've talked for several games about him. But to, uh, Nylander is rolling right now, uh, you know, in terms of points, in terms of goals, uh, no question. So uh, there's some decent options there as far as Toronto goes as well for uh, goal score props. Don't even sleep on uh, – he got the uh, first goal against the Rangers, and he seems to be getting shots and chances even though he's down the lineup. He's only playing on the uh, fourth line. Actually, you know what's funny is uh, he's moving up here tonight with Matthews out. Pontus Holmberg, wow. I like it even more now. Pontus Holmberg, second-line center with Yarncroke and Nylander tonight. Some changes because Tavares is going to go up to the number one center spot with Matthews out with Bunting and Marner. So Tavares goes up to the number one center spot. It looks like Holmberg between Yarncroke and Nylander on the second line. So I really like Holmberg props now. Holmberg had that great backhand past Jesterkin, the first goal the other night against the Rangers. And now he gets an even better spot in the lineup playing with obviously very good players on that second line. I think that's a really good prop now on the Toronto side. Uh, Pontus Holmberg tonight, and you can get goal score prop for him at plus 500 at some spots tonight. So excellent value there, no question. All right, uh, we move along to LA Kings, Florida Panthers. We've got Florida minus 140 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. I'm on LA here. I'm just, uh, I don't like Florida laying a price right now. I don't want anything to do with Florida laying a price right now. Uh, defensively, they've had issues. Uh, they can still score goals, and I also like the over in this game. Uh, six and a half. I think you're going to see uh, goals both ways. Uh, Florida at home has been scoring lately. If you actually look at their recent home games, five against Minnesota in a 5-3 win. Uh, they put four on the board uh, against Vancouver. And for the season uh, on home ice, the uh, Florida Panthers, they're averaging almost four goals per game, 3.8. Uh, per game at home this year. Looks like Sam Bennett is going to play. There was some question. He sat out the last game, but it looks like he'll return with the uh, lower body injury, but he'll be back in the uh, lineup tonight. Uh, L.A. back-to-back -back wins on this uh, road trip against Chicago and uh, Philly after dropping the first game of the road trip against Nashville. Uh, this L.A. team, very capable offensively as well. They've scored nine goals in the first three games of this road trip. You look at series history, uh, we saw 5-4 out in L.A., Back in November when these teams played, it soared over the total uh, with room to spare. And, and L.A. has played Florida very tough. Four straight head-to-head -head victories for the L.A. Kings over the Florida Panthers. So uh, this is a side and a total look for me. L.A. plus 120 over six and a half as well, uh, minus 130. Uh, Alex, Kings-Panthers. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I played uh, Kings. I got plus 120 as well. I saw Copley, not officially confirmed, but that's what they seem to be leaning with. He's been just red hot right now. You know, tried, tried fading him a couple of times when he first came up with the uh, L.A. It didn't work out. He's just been, been solid. And even with the total kind of scares me a little bit. I mean, you look at six and a half, you got to lay at least $1.25 at the cheapest. It makes sense, especially with Lyon, the way he struggled uh, for Florida. And like I said, Florida starting to get their offense rolling a bit. So I could see the over, but I just I just worry about it because if one of those guys, you know, buckles down, then this could easily, you know, try to go and slip right under that six and a half and you're laying the price. So I'm going to just play it safe. Go with the Kings plus 120, except Florida shouldn't be laying a dollar 40 against anybody. And the Kings have dominated in this series. They've won 20 of the last 27 meetings uh, overall. And the underdog has cashed in four straight when these two, when these two have played. So uh, all, all the Murray's in the back alley here. And keep in mind, the thing that worries, and why I like the over too, is because we've actually, Copley as play has, you know, regressed a little bit. If you actually look at his last few starts, he's not playing like he did initially when they, he started 11 and two, hasn't played nearly as good lately. So Florida, I think will find the back of that Florida scores at home, period. They average almost four goals per game at home this year. But I think the Kings will find the back of the net too. Cause if you look at Lyon, he has faced a shit ton of rubber. You know, these last couple games, those back to back games against the Rangers and the Penguins, they took a lot out of that crazy Florida Pittsburgh game. And he's doing everything in his power to give his team a chance. Some of those saves in overtime were incredible that Lyon made uh, against Pittsburgh to give them give them the chance. But, you know, he's faced a lot of rubber, a workload that he's not used to this many games in in a row at the NHL level. That's going to come back to, I think, maybe haunt you a little bit as time goes on, and you're going to wear down a little bit. You're facing, obviously, uh, a level of offensive uh, opposition that you just don't see when you're in pretty much at the AHL level for much of your career, and eventually you know, you're going to wear down a little bit and have some struggles, and I could see that starting to develop with Lyon. And Paul Maurice is stuck because Spencer Knight, I don't know what's going on with him, but apparently they thought he was going to be ready to play again, but now they – they think he's just not quite ready, and then maybe they rushed it back a little bit. And Bobrovsky's still day to day, so they're stuck. You know, he's got to go with Alex Lyon. There's really no choice right now. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Kings Panthers? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, if I was going to lean on a, I'm not going to touch anything on the side or even on the over under in this one. I kind of too many question marks going on in my head when I look at this game right now. But if I was going to do something, I would go with the Kings uh, as an underdog here. But I'm going to look in the props department, guys, and, and look at a Carter Hagee, who's been absolutely on fire right now. I'm looking at he still gets some really good value on a goal prop for him to get at least one goal. I'm looking at plus 170. Uh, give me that. And I'll also look at Adrian Kempe to score for the Kings. I uh, get him at plus 200. So those are my two plays for this. I know they're only props, but I don't really have a good feel on the game itself. Nothing wrong with that props. And I agree. I think Verhage, goal, point, assist, all those props for him are worth a look. And Anton Lindell as well. I've talked about him repeatedly now. He's been uh, up the lineup for uh, Florida and still on that top line with Barkov and Reinhardt. He's been a point-producing machine. It's funny because his point prop, it looked like it cashed against Pittsburgh, but they actually took the assist away from him on one of those goals. Oh. So he actually didn't have a point the other night, but he's still worth a look. He's only... Uh, a very reasonable price here uh, to to uh, get a point here tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers. So I definitely think you go back to the well uh, with Lundell to even score a goal or get a point. Uh, you mentioned Verhage. He's rolling right now for Florida. That's a good call by Jimmy with uh, his props as well. But Anton Lundell, uh, certainly worth a look. And Brandon Montour has been, you know, to score a goal might be worth a sprinkle. But more than that, you know, uh, to get a point and to get a power play point or, or get an assist, 
all of those assists and points props for Montour. Montour's gotten a point in seven straight games from the blue line. He's really been chipping in offensively from the back end. So it's one of those games where there's some good prop opportunities with uh, Florida and for L.A., you know, there's probably some good opportunities as well. Uh, Quinton Byfield's, I think, undervalued because he remains up on that top line for the uh, L.A. Kings with Kopitar and Kempe. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. Fiala started to pick his offensive game up. So definitely it's a good prop game because I certainly think we'll see some goals. Nate, what do you think here, L.A., Florida? Yeah. Uh, are we confirmed on the goal team? I've seen Bobrovsky probable. Do we know if – I don't think Knight's in, but do we know if Lyon's going? Lyon is likely according to left-wing lock. Yeah. Okay, he is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to yeah. potentially be on the over. Um, I'll probably be out. Lyon's a former teammate of mine, uh, actually a good friend, and so I'm, I'm not betting on <laughs> Really? Uh, wow. I didn't if, know that. If uh, uh, I won't, We'll tolerate any slander on the show. No, but he's um, – I think Florida's been atrocious defensively. I was actually at the game at MSG the other night when they played the Rangers – and it was like, I think, um, first play of the game, Adam Fox somehow ended up on a breakaway. Uh, and there's just been, you know, at Pittsburgh, it was similar. So, yeah, he's been seeing a lot of rubber. I think Florida's been bad defensively. If I had to lean, I'd probably look over. Florida's also been scoring goals. I thought they actually looked decent offensively against New York the other night, obviously generated chances against Pittsburgh. So I'd look over here. Um, I, I like the Montour play. He's been He's been great on the power play all the way back to like the USHL for folks that follow. I mean, he's a, he's a great offensive defenseman. And then um, Jimmy Verhage for sure. I mean, he was amazing in the, in the yeah. New York game. He was great against Pittsburgh again. He's just been generating great chances. I mean, he, him and Barkov and, and Lindell as well have been really the guys who've been stirring the drink for Florida offensively. So I, I like those props. I'll probably lean over, but I'm going to uh, stay off the game and just kind of watch it as a friend. Verhage's also only minus 135 to get a point. And Verhage, in terms of a point production, I'm just t taking a look here. I think he has gone, um, it looks like, yeah, uh, six straight games with a point for the uh, Florida Panthers. And he's only minus 135 to get a point. So, uh, you know, usually you're supposed to have, you're supposed to be laying a bigger price when you've got someone that's gotten a point in six straight games. But sure. Verhage's still only minus 135 to get a point tonight. Uh, where did you end up playing with Alex Lyon? Uh, Nate. Uh, I was at Yale, uh, when, Yale when I was yeah. there. So he, uh, uh, I think, had one of the higher save percentages in, in the NCAA that year. And uh was the year we, I think we had the top penalty kill in, in NCAA history. I certainly wasn't on that penalty kill, I'll tell you that. Uh, that's probably why it was good. But, um, yeah, he was uh, he was an unbelievable college goalie and obviously had a lot of success in the HL. But uh, he's a, a fellow Minnesotan, too, so we go back a little bit. Yeah, there we no. He's he's been really good at the AHL level. Alex can attest to that. Uh, yeah. he, you've definitely noticed that uh, Alex and a fellow Alex has played very well at the uh, AHL level. Yeah, it's just been that you know obviously the NHL is the NHL for a reason. It's a totally different kettle of fish. It's a much taller order for any goaltender to shut down some of these players that are playing you know the elite the elite of the elite when you're talking, you know, playing goaltender at the National Hockey League level. So 100%. it definitely can be an adjustment uh, for a lot of uh, goaltenders. All right, uh, next up, we've got San Jose and Carolina. Uh, Carolina minus 285, 290, home favorite, six the total in this game. I really don't have a whole lot here. Um, Carolina, team total, I considered it. But then I looked at San Jose versus Carolina. And do you know what the series history has been? Tight, competitive. Close one goal games and all of them under the total. So it, it makes you think, yeah, this, and I don't trust San Jose enough to go into Carolina and beat this team because Carolina is playing well five of their last six and a lot of the losses they had 
you know, early in the month, they were out playing and out shooting and out chancing the opponent, but they ran into hot goaltending, you know, in a lot of those games. You know, Freddie Anderson's actually played very well for the uh, Hurricanes since he's been back from his injury. Have to give him credit to be out that long and to still be that solid in net. Uh, certainly, he's played well. There's a hint that it might be Auntie Ranta uh, here tonight for uh, Car- Yes, it will be, it looks like. He's now likely uh, Auntie Ranta for the uh, Hurricanes. He hasn't been that bad lately either. Uh, for them. So certainly uh, I don't mind that. Reimer is going to be the goaltender here for San Jose. Uh, Carolina probably wins, but it, hey, after last night, uh, maybe you never know, but they, they probably should win this game. Uh, but at the end of the day, minus 290, I don't love the team total when these teams have played tight, low scoring games repeatedly each of the last four meetings. So it's a pass for me, side and total. Alex, what do you think here? Sharks, Hurricanes. You know, I, I'm kind of bucking that trend. I'm actually going with the first period over. I think we can see some some pace and tempo early, and then we see things slow down a bit. So it's one of those games where I like the first period over. I might try to look for a live under playing back the other way if we if we cash that. Uh, like I said, yeah, with these you know big favorites, we've been warning you for the last three days. We've seen you know at least one go down. We had three of them go down last, yesterday. You do not want to take a chance. And even you know trying to look for team totals and things of that nature. I mean, we all liked the team total with Calgary yesterday. They only get one goal. So you know you have to be really careful. You know, Carolina's got a couple of guys going to the All Star game. You know, maybe you know they're at home, but maybe they're kind of you know looking ahead to things, making their plans, they're getting their travel arrangements in order, not focusing on this game, especially against a, a weak team like San Jose. And next thing you know, Sharks take a two nothing lead uh, after twenty and, and, and can put them away. So definitely don't want anything to do with the side. Like this first period over, and would maybe look for a live under later on in the game. Yeah, no doubt. And it is worth noting. I don't want to say look ahead spot because. Uh, Carolina, you know, it doesn't mean for sure this means they're losing tonight, but they have Boston coming up on Sunday uh, mm-hmm. and obviously playoff rematch uh, with a rematch of the first round last year between those two teams. And uh, so this is a little bit of a tricky situation. And look, San Jose has actually played them tough. Like I say, one goal games each of the last four and all of them pretty much staying under the total as well. Like a lot of two, one, three, two uh, with these uh, two teams. But Alex liking the first period over here. Uh, Jimmy, how about you? San Jose, Carolina. Yeah, look, I'm going to jump on that first period over as well. I'm going to stay in the first period and take a little money line on the Sharks to come out and maybe catch them by surprise there in the first period, get some really good value there. So give me the Sharks in the first period. Yeah, and I find when Carolina, Carolina's done that at times, where first period they get behind against an inferior team, but then still come back and win the game. They've done that a lot more than just lose the game outright. So I think if you like San Jose, I think at the very least you want to split it up, first period, full game, or just do first period. What do you think here, Nate? Sharks, Hurricanes? Yeah, not a great feel. I mean, you look to Carolina, they've been playing well lately, but the price is too steep, even the puck line's steep. Um, I, I probably look, you know, m- maybe under for the game, um, stay away from the first period, and maybe even Sharks plus 1.5, at I think is what's now even money at a couple sites. So maybe you look at, per the history you talked about, Sharks keeping it close. I also think Reimer, right, uh, if you're looking for a motivational reason, former Hurricane probably wants to have a good showing against that organization. Um, you know, th- th- those things at play. So maybe I look under six, or if you can get a live total if that first period over goes under 6.5, under seven. Um, but th- that's kind of my lean, but nothing really strong on this game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a tricky game, I think, for sure. Uh, as far as the uh, prop market goes, it's worth noting points for Brent Burns in three straight games. I'm just looking at uh, some of these uh, streaks that we're seeing here. Uh, he's uh, definitely – and Tomas Hurdle has been – Timo Meyer has been good for uh, San Jose, Tara Vinen, and, our, and my guy Marty Natchez 
as well for uh, Carolina. We've talked about him all season long. He gets the overtime winner uh, against Dallas on Wednesday night. Uh, he's now scored in two of the last three games and three points. Always a good night to look at a Marty Natchez proper too for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. All right, that's the first half of the uh, Friday card. We'll be right back with the second half of the Friday slate, breaking down the remaining games. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. We'll be right back with the second half of the card right after we hear from Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. To get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we're back here on the Ice Guys. And yeah, Brent Burns, Brent Burns has, by the way, gone over two and a half shots on goal in nine straight games. Uh, but unfortunately, the juice with that is minus 175. But if you're willing to lay the juice, obviously he's gone over two and a half shots, nine straight games. To get a point, minus 160, a little high, but uh, certainly he's gotten points in three straight and he's facing his former team. Uh, so that definitely, in theory, still makes sense. Again, if you're willing to pay the price and lay the juice, Brent Burns props, shots on goal points, anything like that, probably are worth a look uh, here tonight for uh, Carolina. Uh, in this one all right next up as we continue along we got four games left vegas golden knights new york rangers uh rangers minus 155 home favorites six the total uh, in this one uh the new york rangers looking to bounce back at home here after playing the uh, leafs on wednesday night great game they lost in overtime 3-2 uh, looking to bounce back they've been very good off a loss lately uh the rangers each of their last three games they bounced back with a win uh, the very next game I kind of wanted to take the Rangers here, but again, the price minus 150, minus 150. Vegas is slumping one and five uh, in their last uh, six games. And it's all kinds of issues for Vegas right now. Namely, you know, a lot of issues with them. They miss Mark Stone. It goes without saying. They're still without uh, Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud, two very good defensemen. Uh, and with Mark Stone out, Marcia So's kind of hit a wall offensively. Riley Smith is definitely on a goal-scoring drought right now and those are two guys they really need right now especially with Jack Eichel slumping I credit Jack Eichel for one thing he's come out publicly and said I suck right now I need to be better I need to be better and I I, I, I give him credit for that admitting it you know saying it publicly but now you got to take those words my friend and turn them into some fucking action okay because you got to get going here uh, he has got one point for the Golden Knights in the last seven games I mean, you got to be better than that, especially when Mark Stone's out, and so much uh, is um, so much is relied upon for him on this uh, Golden Knights team. They rely on uh, offensively, and again, with Marcia so kind of struggling a little bit in a bit of a slump. Riley Smith's offense has tapered off uh, of late. They need Eichel right now, and Eichel, unfortunately, can't find him with a telescope right now in certain games for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Aiden Hill will be in net for uh, Vegas tonight. He's actually got a ten and four record as a starting goaltender this year for the Golden Knights. His numbers aren't bad. This isn't a huge drop-off, at least at the moment, going from 
Logan Thompson to Aiden Hill because Aiden Hill's been solid. Uh, we'll see how he fares here. You would expect it to be Igor Shosturkin tonight for the uh, New York Rangers. I don't believe it is a back-to-back -back for uh, the uh, Rangers. No, they don't play tomorrow. So uh, I would expect Shosturkin to be a net. Uh, like I said, I was interested in the Rangers, but not at minus 150, minus 155. So I'm probably going to end up staying off this game, at least from a side and total perspective. Maybe look at a couple props. Uh, but And Philip Heedle is the prop that stands out right now. Uh, he is rolling at the moment for the New York Rangers. And since Gerard Gallant put that kid line back together, which was so good in the uh, playoffs, of course, uh, Philip Heedle centering Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere, they've kind of gotten that chemistry back together again. So definitely Philip Heedle worth a look tonight in the prop market. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Golden Knights, Rangers. Yeah, this is a pass for me. If I were to play anything, I'd probably actually lean toward the under six. Uh, just looking at some trends, Rangers are 5-0 and oh, uh, to the under the last five games on a Friday, which I usually don't like those daytimes, you know, day of the week stats. But this one's kind of a, a bit prevalent because usually those Friday games tend to be at home uh, for the Rangers. So that's something of a trend. I always talk about, like, the Hawks with the 6 o'clock Sundays. There's certain time slots and certain teams certain days where you can kind of line up those trends. And this may be one of them. We've seen Vegas, of course, like I said, having some issues offensively. So maybe a lean toward the under, but uh, it's more like going to miss my card. All right, Jimmy, how about you, Vegas? Golden Knights, New York Rangers. Yeah, first off, I got to tell you, too, guys, uh, that Gramco, Alex sent me a nice gift packet, and I can vouch. <laughs> very, very good. The the, the wake yeah. and bake coffee, I don't know how much wake, but definitely bake. So definitely appreciated that little gift. Um, yeah. yeah, look, guys, I'm with Alex on that. And I was actually going to bring that up, how tough they are on Friday nights at MSG. That's always through the course of history been a, a tough spot for visitors is going into MSG on a Friday night. <clears throat> so with that and just the way the, the Vegas Golden Knights kind of, you know, I mean, I know Eichel, we're focusing on him, but the team in general, guys, has, has really not been that great since the end of November. If you look at their record, I don't have it right in front of me, but I'm betting it's not too high over 500. I mean, they're they're not in a good place, and nobody's really talking about it. I'm very interested to see what happens with them at the deadline if there's a shakeup there. It's not going to be behind the bench, you would think. I mean, Cassidy just got there, but I wonder if there's a major trade coming in Vegas. We'll see what happens. As far as this game goes, yeah, ride the Rangers here, and Jimmy Puckline, Rangers minus one and a half. There you go, Jimmy Puckline for the first time on this show for uh, Jimmy with Rangers minus one and a half. Uh, all right, Nate, how about you? Golden Knights, Rangers. I was going to say the same. I mean, I don't love either side. I think the Rangers beat Florida the other night, but I thought they got outplayed. Obviously, I think uh, we're, we're vastly outchanced in that Toronto game, although it was a close game. I think Toronto had the better of the five on five play. It feels like New York's just so power play reliant, but Friday night in MSG, there's a different energy. Um, I think if I was going to play anything, I agree with Jimmy. I'd probably go puck line on the Rangers. Um, you have Aiden Hill, who hasn't been bad for Vegas, but they have a lot of defensemen out. Um, Zach Whitecloud's, you know, a, a big defensive stalwart for them, obviously Theodore. So I'd probably play the Rangers minus one and a half, too, at, at a pretty juicy plus 158, right? That's a good price um, for, for a team at home uh, and Vegas missing some guys. So I'd, I'd go puck line as well. All right, Rangers puck line for Nate here as well. All right, uh, next up here as we continue along on this uh, Friday card, uh, we have uh, next up New Jersey and Dallas. Uh, it is a Dallas minus 155 home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. The money's coming in on Dallas here. And look, I get it. New Jersey's on a back-to-back. -back. 
on the road. It's not exactly advantageous. Uh, it looks like Jake Ottinger in net for the uh, Dallas uh, Stars, which is pretty much what we expected. Uh, should be Vitek Vanacek uh, in net for the uh, New Jersey Devils after uh, we saw Mackenzie Blackwood. And predictably with Mackenzie Blackwood in net, they lost last night. Shocker. Can't believe it. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, 6-4 loss to the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, and back to Vanacek, you would think tonight on the back-to-back, who's the better goalie for sure for uh, New Jersey. Look, I get it. Dallas, you know, rested Vantage, two back-to-back home losses in overtime against Buffalo and Carolina. Uh, they're looking to bounce back here. New Jersey did beat them in Dallas last year, though, and they lost at home to Dallas uh, earlier uh, this season. I'm tempted by New Jersey here. In fact, I, I like New Jersey here. The more this line creeps up, you know, even with the Devils on a back-to-back. Devils have a winning record, actually, on the back-to-back this year, 4-2 and two, uh, on the second night of back-to-back games. And to me, I don't know with the way that Stars are playing, it makes no sense because they've got everybody back. Uh, they're about as healthy as they've been all year, and yet they're still, you know, kind of muddling along. I guess that's the best way to put it right now. There's games where they don't score enough and they lose. There's games where the offense comes to life and then they don't get the defense or the goaltending from Ottinger is just a little bit off. And it's been just a combination of different things, one game to the next, to explain why they're losing some of these games, Dallas. And right now, if you look at the Carolina and the Buffalo game, it's just the timely goal. They're not getting it. The timely save, they're not getting it. And they're just letting the other team get that. So they've been close. And this is probably going to be another close Dallas game. And to me, there's value with New Jersey plus 135. You could even consider draw. I think it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, That's not a bad option. But uh, with this line creeping up, I definitely think there's some uh, plus price value here on the New Jersey Devils in this game, who are actually, if you look at the last, I would say, eight to ten games, Better form right now than the Dallas Stars. The only thing Dallas has a real big edge in tonight is the scheduling spot. They're at home. They're off. They had a day off yesterday, just rested, ready, waiting for New Jersey, who are coming into this game second back-to-back on the road after being in Nashville last night. They are uh, a little bit, you know, maybe fatigued. But uh, at this price, I'm interested with New Jersey plus 135. Alex, what do you think here? Devils, Stars. Well, I'm going with the draw right back again with uh, New Jersey. You know, thought it was a good spot last night. Like I said, didn't end up cashing it. And what happened, I kind of foreshadowed it. I said, you know, if you like the side in that game, I would lean with Nashville because you worry about New Jersey's legs late in the contest uh, because they had played four previous games going into overtime or shootout. Sure enough, that's kind of what failed them. They ran out of steam in that third period and Nashville took hold. So now second night back-to-back against the rest of the Dallas team, I would be very cautious we're taking uh, the Devils on the side, but conversely, laying a dollar fifty, dollar fifty-five with Dallas, not something I want to do right now either. Going into the All-Star break, like this, the team is just kind of middling along, which that's not bad. It's better to you know middle along and, and maybe drop a few games now than later on in the season, obviously. Uh, so you're just kind of going through the motions. Devils been playing a, a lot of hockey with those extra per- periods attached. Uh, I like the draw here. I think this could be a close one. We've seen Dallas also back-to-back games going into overtime. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Two straight draw bets would have cashed in Dallas Stars games. Uh, Alex looking to hopefully make it three in a row for Dallas going beyond regulation. Jimmy, what do you think here? New Jersey, Dallas. Well, look, I look at it just from watching a lot of, you know, Bruins um, and just a lot of hockey in terms of back to backs, guys. I notice sometimes the team coming in off the back to back on the road has got a lot of juice in the first period. I don't know if they're just, you know, they're, they're doing extra things to wake themselves up and get their muscles going or what have you because they played the night before. And then, you know, as you mentioned earlier, they run out of gas as the game goes on. So that's why I'm going to take the Devils in the first period here. 
I don't know if they can last energy-wise the whole game, but I like them to come out of the gate strong, and I'll take them in the first period on the money line. All right, there we go. First period for uh, New Jersey for Jimmy. All right, Nate, how about you? New Jersey, Dallas. Yeah, I'm going to look. Um, I think it's a tough spot for New Jersey, man. A, a lot of games back-to-back. Obviously, a, a tough one last night that was tight. I'd maybe look Dallas in regulation, minus 105 if you're looking for a better price. I like Dallas here or lean them, but I wouldn't want to eat the one uh, minus 155. Um, I also like uh, Rupe Hints uh, to, to score tonight. I think he's plus 180. He was out uh, a couple. I think he's been back for two games now. He was out for a handful of games. He's got his sea legs back under him. Um, I think him at plus – I looked at it. I think it was plus 180, plus 182. Um, Rupe Hints, uh, I like to score. He's another guy I uh, – Back in the day, played in Bismarck, juniors in Bismarck, and uh, Rupa Hintz flew to Bismarck when he was 15 years old to practice with our team. I don't know what the hell he was doing there, but he basically took two looks at Bismarck, and he was so skilled. But, I mean, this was a league of 20-year-olds, and he just, like, wasn't really fit for it yet. Um, and he, like, was there for a day and was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. He didn't speak a word of English uh, and and basically left, like, two days later. But then, like, lo and behold, three years later, he was the first-round pick or whatever. So we'll call it the uh, the, the Bismarck Bobcats goal prop. I'll go Rupa Hintz at plus 180, <laughs> plus 182, uh, and then I'll take Dallas in regulation. Look at these connections for our guy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Alex Lyon, freaking Rupe Hints. I mean, my goodness, the uh, the connections are endless right here. Yeah. I can't uh, say me and Rupe ever had a conversation because he didn't speak any English. So we were both just kind of like, you know, talking around each other. I think <laughs> he said Jimmy John's, I think was the one thing he said in English. He wanted to go Jimmy John's. So that was uh, that's where we had it. But, uh, you know, big connection. Yeah. Of all the things I can think of when you don't speak English, what's one of the most important things to know to say? Uh, yeah, Jimmy Johns. Jimmy Johns, for sure. Take you there. Nevertheless, oh, that's that's pretty cool, though. But uh, he's certainly turned into a nice NHLer, hasn't he? Great player. Uh, very impressive. Great player and has certainly made an impact. Great offensive player. Really can do a bunch of different things. He's, he's a very good vision on the ice playmaker. Obviously can score, find the back of the net. And he's been a great find for the uh, Dallas Stars, no doubt. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver minus 180, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, I am back on another Vancouver over here, although I do caution that I know Rick Tockett's trying to drill better defensive hockey into this team, but I just don't know if they're capable of it personnel-wise. I mean, is this personnel really capable of digging in defensively? The penalty kill still sucks. Seattle lit it up the other night when they beat the uh, Canucks 6-1 to one, uh, on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Rick Tockett <laughs> took till game number two as head coach of the Canucks for him to call out the team and start saying they're soft and they got to play a lot better and uh, didn't take long. Welcome to Vancouver, Rick. Welcome to Vancouver. Uh, I know you just said goodbye to, and by the way, how hilarious was that on Wednesday night, the little uh, serenade by Paul Bissonette and Henrik Lundqvist <laughs> in the studio of uh, Rick talk at saying goodbye to him. That was, uh, I was stunned yeah, that uh, uh, Bissonette actually has a really nice voice. Like if he really tried <laughs> to like work on singing, he, he could actually pull it off. He was not. He, he was not. He, he was. He was not bad. He was decent. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he was not bad at all. Uh, in fact, I, I don't. I, I think just short of good. But he was yeah. decent. You know, yeah. he could carry a tune at least a little bit. I was impressed with the way he did that. Yeah, and even Henrik on the guitar. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. That was. Yeah. But uh, uh, great stuff. Saying goodbye to Rick Tockett, of course, due to the new job as head coach of the Canucks, no longer available to be in the TNT studio. Um, Columbus. I worry about this spot for Columbus. You know, the first thought I had was. Don't we have to take Columbus here plus 160, you know, against this Vancouver team? Should they be laying minus 180 to anybody? 
But you look at the Jackets' last two games, right? The Johnny Gaudreau return to Calgary, very intense game, very uh, anticipated game, uh, and they battle Calgary tough, and they end up losing uh, in that one, uh, 4-3. And then they have the huge monster upset win over Edmonton TNT on Wednesday night, uh, and they get that uh, overtime victory, 3-2 to over the Oilers. Those were two very hotly contested games for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now you play lowly Vancouver. I just don't know if we have that same intensity from the Jackets tonight. And then they're back tomorrow night in action on the road at Seattle uh, against the Kraken uh, tomorrow night. So this is a bit of a tricky spot here for Columbus in this game. And after the way Tockett, you know, read his team, the riot act for that uh, no show against Seattle, that's essentially what it was. They were completely dummied by the Kraken uh, on Wednesday night. You'd expect Vancouver to show a little something. And keep in mind the Chicago game, in Rick Tockett's debut, did show that Vancouver against bad teams can get the job. That that was as good as they played all year. The Chicago game before the Seattle debacle, they outshot Chicago like 40 to 15 at one time in that game, and they ended up finally the dam burst on Peter Morozik in the third period of that game, and they ended up winning uh, comfortably the Canucks. Wouldn't surprise me to see Vancouver play well here, but I'm not laying a buck 80 with them or taking them in any fashion. So for me, it would just be looking toward goals over six and a half in this game. I think if you like Vancouver here, maybe you'd jump on them in the first period, potentially. That's not a bad consideration. You'll get the minus a half at a plus price. That may not be a bad way to go. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Columbus, Vancouver. Yeah, I'm going with the first period over here. I, I played two at uh, plus a dollar ten, and we've been you know hitting this often with Vancouver. It cooled off a little bit, but we've seen it kind of spring back around, and especially like I said, getting off a bunch of shots. If you get 40 shots off in the first uh, 20 minutes of play, or I think they had like, it was like 25 to like eight in the first period in that Chicago game. If they can get 25 shots on that in the first against Columbus. They should be able to at least get two goals on their own, and they've had some issues on their back end as well. The Martin Delia combo just really hasn't been hitting that well, so. I definitely like this first period over to make sense to look toward the full game over as well. And Columbus, as you would expect, riding Jonas Corposalo because it's not like he's been spectacular, but he's actually been decent lately, and he's been better than Merzlikens, much better than Merzlikens, who's obviously had a terrible season. Uh, we've talked about that a lot. Uh, Corposalo will be a net for Columbus. I'm going to assume it's Delia for uh, Vancouver. Uh, in this one, Spencer Martin is struggling right now. He didn't have a good start against Seattle. The whole team was bad, but Martin didn't have a great game. Uh, Delia probably will get the start, I think, tonight, although that hasn't been confirmed uh, as of uh, yet. Keep in mind, still a lot of injuries, too, from a Columbus perspective. Uh, but if you're looking at some props tonight here in this one, there's a couple streaking players here that you want to uh, keep in mind in terms of uh, the prop market. Uh, you've got uh, for Columbus, uh, Gaudreau has been an assist machine, a point machine. Lion A, same thing, uh, getting points repeatedly. So those two in particular, Lion A and Gaudreau, uh, probably uh, worth a look here. Marchenko, it goes without saying, goal scorer prop. Uh, he has been lighting it up lately for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. That's a good goal scorer prop look in this game. Marchenko as well. Jenner has uh, come back from his injury, the captain of this team, and he's made an impact at times as well. So some decent uh, prop looks. For Vancouver, I'm going to go back to Connor Garland. Connor Garland played under Rick Tockett in Arizona, and in the first two games under Tockett here in Vancouver, Garland's played some much better hockey. He's been more noticeable. He's had chances. He's had the puck on his stick. He's been shooting the puck more. He's capitalized. He's gotten a couple points as well. So the point prop on Garland, uh, maybe to score a goal, uh, anything Connor Garland, I think worth a look tonight uh, in the prop market for Vancouver. Jimmy, what do you think here? Jackets, Canucks. Great minds think alike there, man. I was all, I was liking Garland as well. 
to get a point at least. And I'm going to jump on the goal prop as well. And look, Kuzmenko, I mean, they just locked him up and they did that for a reason. He's been great this season for them. So give me a goal prop on him. Otherwise, I'm staying away from the side and the over-under. I like that first period over. I might jump on that, um, but I'm going to stay away other than that. Yeah, and he's plus 325 to score a goal tonight, Garland as well. And only minus 120 to get a point. So those are great props. I'll be betting both of those. Uh, what do you think here, Nate? Columbus, Vancouver. Yeah, I think it's tough. I, I kind of lean towards Vancouver puck line, but I, I I probably wouldn't bet it. I mean, you like to think with a new regime in Tockett, right? Guys are, are kind of committed to trying to prove themselves and reestablish things, but it's kind of weird. It usually when you see a mid-year firing, like it's like the you know the the coach and, and the message has gone stale. But you saw these guys come out and, and publicly vouch for Boudreaux, right? So it was. It just doesn't feel like one of those situations. I don't know which way Vancouver is going to go. I, I could see it getting worse yet. Uh, so. I probably play the over, you know, what's been, you know, kind of steady with Vancouver as of late. Um, I think Columbus has, you know, Wierenski out. They have a couple of health issues. I think I'd probably lean towards the over 6.5. Hope Vancouver potentially has a nice game. Uh, and then, you know, they're going to give up some goals on the back end as well. So, um, you know, look for maybe a, a 5-3 Vancouver win or something. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Boone Jenner with goals in three of the last five games uh, for uh, Columbus. So if you want a goal prop on Boone Jenner, it's not a bad uh, consideration uh, as well tonight uh, for this game. And of course, uh, obviously returning recently from injury again, his goal prop isn't as it's not the bargain bin price you typically get from some of my recommendations. But still, three of the last five games would probably be something you want to maybe look at betting here tonight as well. All right, maybe the game of the night, uh, final game of the card here, Calgary and Seattle. A good uh, divisional battle here. Uh, we've got Seattle minus 120, home favorite, six the total in this one. Uh, it This just feels like just everyone's watched Calgary look pathetic last night. Dreadful, right? And there's no way now after the way they played last night, right? They, they're capable on a back-to-back -back going to Seattle and beating the Kraken, right? And it's just that that this would be so typical NHL sometimes for Calgary to roll into Seattle and beat the Kraken tonight after such a bad game uh, last night. And honestly, I was looking to bet Calgary here in this game tonight in a bounce-back spot. Flames all are in that sort of uh, you know pattern right now where against some of the weaker teams, they have struggled, and then they raise their game against the better teams. Look what they did against Tampa, you know, beating the Lightning last weekend at home. So, you know, don't totally underestimate their chances here tonight. Obviously, it was an awful game for them, especially defensively. Jacob Markstrom has struggled this year. That was not all on him last night. There were defensive lapses galore from the Calgary Flames in front of their goaltender. They're going to have to clean those up tonight uh, against Seattle. The Kraken, of course, have... Uh, been sitting at home. They're in the middle of a uh, five-game homestand. Uh, this is the fourth game of that homestand. They beat New Jersey in overtime, lost to, in, to Colorado in a shootout, beat Vancouver 6-1 to one on Wednesday, and then they wrap up the homestand against Columbus at home tomorrow night. Uh, we'll see who's uh, in net for uh, the uh, Kraken, but it should be Martin Jones, and it is. We know for Calgary it'll be Dan Vladar. I'm positive of that. Hasn't been confirmed, believe it or not, yet, but uh, you would expect that to be the case after it was Markstrom last night. Daryl Sutter opting to save the guy that's been the better goalie lately for them, Dan Darth Vladar, uh, for this uh, matchup here against uh, the Seattle Kraken. So I did kind of, I was kind of interested in Calgary, but not at this price. I mean, you're talking even money. I needed something a little bit better than that. They have played Seattle pretty well. I know you're going to get Calgary playing a whole lot better after the debacle last night against Chicago. But at the end of the day, I don't think the price is good enough for me to bet it. 
because it's pretty much even money, minus 110. You know, I was hoping Seattle might be a minus 130, minus 140 home favorite. Maybe we'd at least get plus 120 uh, on Calgary. Then I'd be a little bit more interested. This price is just not appealing enough to me at this current number. So while the lean is toward Calgary at this price, I got to pass. What do you think here, Alex? Calgary, Seattle. Yeah, I think this might be a good live over game. I, I'm seeing it at six, which that isn't bad. I would I would lean to the over at six, but I think just, I would wait and try and get a five and a half, maybe even a four and a half. I think this could be a, a bit of a tight battle. Like I said, Calgary, the way they played last night, I think they want to get back to basics, get back to you know controlling the puck, limiting Seattle's chances, you know, and playing a, a little bit tighter. I think we'll have some chances to let that number drop down to maybe even a four and a half laying, let's say a dollar 20, and then we can jump on that over. And that's when the game will kind of open up. So I expect a slow first period, expect things to open up kind of later in the second and third. And I'm not looking at a side here. It's a Calgary coming off of a bad game. This is the last game before they head to the break. So they definitely want to be amped up. And like I said, playing against the division rival should be a, a fun one to watch. Yeah, definitely. I want to point out something. And this was a great tweet from, uh, someone I believe that covers the Calgary Flames on Twitter, and this is significant. We know Chris Tanev is one of the best shutdown stay-at-home defensemen they have, right? No doubt about it. And obviously he's now injured and he's missed, uh, I believe, the last uh, couple of games. Actually, it was just the last game uh, that he missed for uh, Calgary against uh, Chicago. Uh, he was out for uh, due to an upper body injury. Uh, he's questionable for tonight here on the back-to-back. But the Calgary Flames this season, when they've had Chris Tanev on the ice, 22 and 19. When they haven't had Chris Tanev, 1 and 7. How about that record? 1 and 7, the Calgary Flames without Chris Tanev in the lineup. So you talk about an impact injury, and he is an impact injury because, again, he's their best shutdown in terms of defensive play uh, from anyone on that blue line. Nobody does it better than Tanev. Positioning is good. He's a big body. He blocks a shit ton of shots. Uh, he's a, just a road grader uh, in front of the net, and, and they miss him dearly. And the record bears that out. They're a they're a three games above five hundred with Tanev. They're one and seven without him uh, this year. And of course, last night they were without him. And look what happened. They lose at home to one of the worst teams in the NHL, and they get buried five one. So it's an impact injury, and his status matters. And he's questionable for tonight as of right now. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy? Calgary, Seattle. I'm liking a draw here, guys. I think we're in for a good one. I, I think both these teams, uh, you know, they got their own issues they want to fix. And I think that it's going to be a, a good old division battle here. So give me the draw. All right. Liking the draw here in this one. This is definitely a great look. Uh, I don't have a strong take on the game side or total pregame, but for, for certainly from a watching and a viewership and a, just a hockey fan standpoint. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching this game. Very, I want to see how Calgary responds. And again, Seattle's been one of the stories of the season so far in the NHL uh, that they have gotten to the point where they are at uh, leading the uh, Pacific uh, Division. It's been quite the run, uh, no question about it, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. And I think what's special about the Kraken is that they've gotten so much offense from so many different sources this year. By the way, Matty Beneers is questionable. I, I can't believe it took me that long to mention that. He's questionable. He suffered an injury. Remember, Tyler Myers took a run at him for Vancouver the other night, and he left the game to injury after that. Oh, he's out. Actually, it's been confirmed. He will miss the next two games for the uh, Kraken. So he will not play tonight, nor will he play tomorrow night uh, against Columbus. So uh, Matty Beneers will miss the next two games. That's an impact injury. Look at the season he's had uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. 36 points for Matty Beneers in 47 games this year. 17 goals, 19 assists. Uh, and obviously there's going to be some lineup shuffling 
uh, as a result. I'm just taking a look now. It looks like Burakovsky. Donato is moving up to that top line center spot, and he's a great prop option right now. Excellent prop option right now for the Seattle Kraken. Donato's Pizza, he has been heating up uh, lately for the uh, <laughs> you know Seattle. No, his dad was, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, dad yeah. was a former uh, Boston Bruins player, San Jose Sharks, I think, too, and he's the coach of Harvard. Yeah, absolutely. And as I'm sure you Ryan, knew that, and you probably played against him, right? Yeah, yeah, we played against uh, Donato's teams for sure. Yeah, he's a great coach. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And Ryan Donato has picked it up lately for the uh, Kraken, and, and he is going to fill that coveted number one center spot with Eberle uh, and Burakovsky tonight in the absence of Matty Beneers, because that was Matty Beneers' spot in the lineup. Uh, and now Donato will take it. And Donato, by the way, th four goals and five points in the last three games for the Seattle Kraken. Four goals, five points in the last three games. That's a great, great prop tonight. One of the best prop options, honestly, is Ryan Donato here for Seattle. Goal, points, you name it. Get on those props for Ryan Donato tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Nate? Calgary, Seattle. It's tough. Uh, I'm with you. You know, Bernier's being out, uh, not not great for Seattle. I think you look at Calgary in the standings; it's an absolute logjam, right? In that in that Pacific, and so um, they have some ground to make up. They're coming into the break; they're going to be motivated. They're, I think, six points back of Seattle. So I like to lean Calgary, but to your point, in at almost even money on the road after just kind of playing, I probably can't take it. So I maybe look under six on a really tight, uh, you know, interdivisional game. These teams know each other well. Um, I'm going to take the under um, and, and then probably just, you know, look at props like a Donato, right, or some of those guys moving up. I mean, Donato's, to your point, he's, he's got a nose for the net. If you get him a chance, he's going to score. And now being elevated to that top line and probably getting more power play time, he's a good option. So, um, But I'll take under six on, on this one tonight given the um, the context and, and sort of uh, the urgency probably for both teams and, and a, a game that both teams know each other well. Yeah, Poe Buddy's uh, – good good points there. Poe Buddy's nerfed in the chat asking Teddy – of course Ted Donato. What other <laughs> Donato would it be? Yeah, that's his dad. I mean, and he's a coach now at Havid uh, <laughs> University as well for uh, uh, the Harvard Crimson there. He's a college coach. And, yeah, Boston Bruins, Ottawa Senators, he played there. Uh, for a little bit. Now, when he played with the Bruins, I believe it was in the mid to late 90s. That's when the Bruins were not the best, you know, at that time. They had some rough years uh, during that time. He actually played for but, Rick Bonus. He yeah. came in when Rick Bonus was the coach of the Bruins. Uh, in, he came in as an interim coach. Bruins that year were – it was a crazy year. They they ended up losing to the Penguins in the conference final. They got swept. That was the year the uh, Penguins won their second straight in 92 but yeah that's how far back he goes that was his first year he came straight from the olympics right to the bruins uh, you can tell rick bonus been a did you i i heard a little uh, clip a snippet of his press conference uh yesterday I love rick bonus. before the buffalo game he was chirping rob ray uh, before the game <laughs> saying we had billy heward and denny vial when he coached ottawa and, and i had to keep them stapled to the bench when they say oh rob ray's on the ice coach get me out on the ice uh, we we got to fight this guy. And it, it took everything in my power, Rick Bonus was saying, to keep them on the bench. We had to change yeah. the damn rules in the league because of you, he said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was chirping Rob Ray big time yesterday. It was funny. <laughs> nice. In the uh, pre post pregame media conference before the uh, Jets-Sabres game. And, of course, Rob Ray's in town because he's working the Sabres television broadcast these days. So that was pretty funny hearing that, Rick Bonus uh, giving the gears to Rob Ray. Uh, yesterday that's how that's how far back rick bonus goes like he was coaching ottawa in the early 90s there uh and yeah danny vial was on those teams and yeah vial and ray had some fucking classic fights 
classic legendary battles uh, back in those days. No question about that. Uh, all right, great stuff. Uh, that is the Friday card. Uh, awesome to have uh, a full house today. Uh, Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, Nate Rapensky. Uh, great times indeed. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. And as well, thanks to those of you listening to the podcast version. Uh, we will be back with best bets to wrap up the show right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about, and Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we're back here on the ice, guys. And, uh, yeah, Emily, thank you very much in our chat here saying thanks for the for the guys that like the show. It's not a big deal to us, but it is to them. So, yeah, exactly. She's uh, hit the like button. Exactly. Uh, if you like. And, by the way, I haven't mentioned this enough. We have, obviously, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those that I mentioned, Amazon Music now as well. Leave a review. You know, leave a review of the show. And uh, by the way, I think our average review rating is like 4.6 out of 5, which is very good. And we appreciate that. Like, if you really like the show, leave a leave a review for I know, Apple Podcasts in particular. You can leave reviews of the show there. Uh, definitely a comment. And uh, Spotify, you can leave, you can leave uh, yeah. I think, like five stars or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. So we appreciate that as well. But uh, yeah. And again, patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month, sign up and subscribe there. Uh, and really it's just as much for you guys getting all the great content we post there as it is just like, it's like a little tip for us 
for putting in the seven days a week to give you the best damn NHL betting show there is every single game, every single day. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Our daily betting card is posted there. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, and tons of bonus content. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Uh, just $10 a month. Also check out the Ice Guys store too, uh, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got 20% off everything for the next four days. You just click the little tab at the top of the screen. We got the hoodies, we got t-shirts, we got caps, we got everything you need there. So iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, indeed. Good stuff. All right, best bets here on this Friday edition of the show. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's go with Columbus, Vancouver, first period, over 2 plus $1.10. I think I saw $1.15 floating around somewhere, too, so shop around for the best price, obviously. But uh, this is just one of those games where – and I think we're going to see a few of these, uh, you know, heading into the, the break where just roll the puck out and, and you know, it's going to be all offense, not much defense. We haven't seen that much defense with uh, Columbus most of the year anyway. And like I said, the goal team for Vancouver has been shaky as well. So I expect goals early and often in this one. Let's go with the Blue Jackets and Canucks. First period over two plus $1.10. My best bet for Friday. All right, Jackets, Canucks, over two first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, what do you got for best bet? Well, guys, since I won't be with you tomorrow and you give me the chance to pick one from tomorrow, I'm going to look at the Boston Bruins at the Florida Panthers tomorrow. Panthers coming in at that point off a back-to-back. And the Bruins are yet to lose two games in a row this season. Pretty amazing we're this late into the season. That hasn't happened. Uh, Give me the Bruins on the money line tomorrow against the Florida Panthers. I think Jimmy just revealed one of my plays for the card tomorrow as well. So there you go. <laughs> I like that spot as well. Boston money line against Florida for Saturday. That's Saturday, tomorrow's slate. Uh, best bet for uh, Jimmy Murphy. Uh, Nate Rapensky. Nate, great stuff. You always do a great job every single time you're on here. He'll be with us, Nate, by the way, every two Fridays, every two weeks on Fridays uh, moving forward. Uh, Nate, what do you like here for best bet today? Yeah, thanks, Ian. Um, Going to go with the Islanders first period. I mean, it might be one of those plug-your-nose plays, but plus 135, uh, minus one-half first period. On a six-game skid, they're at home. Detroit's on a back-to-back. Detroit's one of the worst teams in the league in terms of first period uh, bets and, and being able to cover the money line. So let's take the Islanders minus one-and-a-half, look, get a little bit of plus money, and, and I look for the Islanders to win in regulation tonight as well. All right, there we go. But specifically uh, for best bet, like in first period, New York Islanders minus uh, a half plus 135 to plus 140. You can get with that first period for the uh, Islanders over the Red Wings for Nate with his best bet. Uh, My best bet for this uh, slate, I'm going with L.A. Florida over six and a half minus 130. Panthers have gone over in five straight games. They can score and at home they can score goals, but I don't trust them to keep the puck out of their own net. I think Alex Lyon, as he goes along and gets more starts under his belt, other teams might have a better indication of where his tendencies and weaknesses are. So L.A. should find the back of the net, and so should Florida against Copley, who hasn't been nearly as good recently as he was. I like L.A. in the game, too, uh, on the money line, but for the best bet, we'll use the total uh, in that game. Kings-Panthers, over 6.5 for my best bet. All right, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, Nate Rapensky, a full house on this Friday. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great week, uh, a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Saturday, noon Eastern, for a big Saturday slate on the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. (laughs) 